Hey, hi, hello. Welcome to the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Joe. Hello, welcome. Today is our April Book Picks episode. We'll take you through the books we are most looking forward to that are releasing in the month of April. But before Emma and I dive into our picks today, I wanted to remind y'all to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you do your podcast listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that. We'd like to hear from you. You can reach out to us via email, professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. Or you can message us or follow us on social media. Our Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok handles are all at ProBookNerds. Emma, hello. How are you? Hello. Happy to be here and talk about April books. There are a ton of books coming out in April. So many books coming out in April. And I think we should just dive right in. Um, I'll kick us off if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. Cool. I'm going to make y'all wait for my first pick. This one is out April 25th. It's With My Little Eye by Jocelyn Jackson. From the New York Times bestselling author of Never Have I Ever comes the hair-raising story of a mother who moves herself and her daughter across the country to lose a dangerous stalker, only to discover that it will take more than distance to escape him. It started with the letters. For actress Maribel Mills, distributing fan mail is part of the price of fame. So when she starts getting creepy letters written in fruit-scented marker, she is mostly unfazed and diligently files them along with her other messages from unhinged fans. After all, she's a single mom approaching 40, not the kind of hot young celeb who sparks dangerous obsessions, but there is something different about Marker Man. Okay, but I love a scented marker. He's been in her home. Maribel's sheets smell of unfamiliar cologne, and objects have gone missing around the house. Plus, the letters have become more perverse, with drawings of naked Maribel tied up or chopped into pieces. While the police insist that stalkers hardly ever escalate to violence, Maribel has played the dead girl one too many times on TV to risk becoming her in real life. She and her daughter move from LA to Atlanta for a fresh start, but no distance is great enough. He's watching her. Years of being in front of a camera have given Maribel a superpower. She can feel eyes on her, a creeping sensation like bees inside her skin, and someone definitely has her in their sights. Could Marker Man have followed her all the way across the country? Who else might be watching? Her ex-husband? The lover she left behind in LA? Her new neighbor? Suddenly, every man in her life is a suspect, but she can't keep herself and her daughter safe from a monster she can't identify. When the paths of all these men collide, Maribel will find herself alone, in the fight of her life, desperate to protect those she loves, and danger closes in from all sides. If he can't have her, no one can. So that's With My Little Eye by Jocelyn Jackson, out April 25th. That sounds so good, and it's such a great title to kick us off and lead me perfectly into my first title, because same vibes. And before I hop into this, I want to honorable mention some books that come out in April that I have already talked about endlessly, so I will not waste tons of time here. But books that come out in April that I'm not going to talk about today, Happy Place by Emily Henry, Romantic Comedy by Curtis Sittenfeld, and Silver in the Bone by Alexandra Bracken. I mentioned them in the episode we did in January of this year on my most anticipated of 2023 releases. So if you want to hear more about them, go check those out. If you 
Stay tuned in the month of April. You may hear more about some of those titles as well. With that, my first book for April is The Soulmate by Sally Hepworth. This book is out on April 4th, and I love Sally Hepworth. She knows how to write a thriller. My goodness, her books are addictive. And so this one follows Pippa and Gabe. They have the perfect marriage, and they're living in their dream cottage right on the cliffs of the seaside town outside of Melbourne. And with the breathtaking view comes something more sinister. They refer to the cliffs as the drop. And in the first year of them living in this house, Pippa and Gabe discover that people like to come visit the drop to end their lives. And so in their first year of living in this house, Gabe has used his charm and charisma to literally talk people off the edge. He's been successful seven times before, which is unheard of. The newspaper runs an article on him. The police in town are familiar with them because they're the family that lives at this house at the drop. And one night they see a woman walking along the cliffs and it's sort of treated as something they're familiar with. Gabe says, hey, Peppa, call the police. I'll go out and see if she needs any help. And he goes out to talk to this woman, Pippa's on the phone, and all of a sudden, the woman's gone. She's jumped off the cliffs. And Pippa can't explain why, but she feels like something is off with the interaction she saw out the window with the way that her husband Gabe describes the scenario to the police in the subsequent days after the incident. And when she finds out that Gabe knew this woman things take a turn. So their perfect marriage begins to show cracks and nothing is as it seems. This book is absolutely perfect for fans of Fiona Barton and Leanne Moriarty, anyone that wants a really quick and well-written domestic thrill ride. So that is The Soulmate by Sally Hepworth, and this comes out April 4th. Done, done, done. I love the sound of that. And this is where I struggle that it's like, should I keep the rest of my thrillers peppered throughout or just front load them? I think I will keep the spice going. We'll we'll sneak them in here and there. My next pick wanted to give you something that you could expect a little earlier in the month. This is out April 4th called Camp Zero by Michelle Min Sterling. In a near future Northern settlement, a handful of climate change survivors find their fates intertwined in this mesmerizing and transportive novel in the vein of Station Eleven and The Power. In the far north of Canada sits Camp Zero, an American building project hiding many secrets. Desperate to help her climate-displaced Korean immigrant mother, Rose agrees to travel to Camp Zero and spy on its architect in exchange for housing. She arrives at the same time as another newcomer, a college professor named Grant, who is determined to flee his wealthy family's dark legacy. Gradually, they realize that there is more to the architect than previously thought, and a disturbing mystery lurks beneath the surface of the camp. At the same time, rumors about an elite group of women soldiers living and working at a nearby Cold War era climate research station. What are they doing there and who is leading them? It's an electrifying page turner where nothing is as it seems. Camp Zero cleverly explores how the intersection of gender, class, and migration will impact who and what will survive in a warming world. So that is Camp Zero by Michelle Min Sterling out April 4th. That sounds great. And I love the stunning image on the cover. Yeah, it's really striking. My next pick is a little bit different because I did not order them by vibe (laughs) for April. 
But the next one I wanted to talk about is Saturday night at the Lakeside Supper Club by J. Ryan Stradall. This book comes out on April 18th. And this book is really interesting. It's following two families that have both inherited restaurants. So inheriting the family business can certainly be a point of joy and fondness, or it can carry the heavy weight of expectations. And Saturday night at the Lakeside Supper Club discusses the joys and struggles of doing just that. So you have Ned and Marielle who are married and both come from different restaurant families. Marielle's family runs the Lakeside Supper Club, which is a family establishment, like old school diner. And her grandmother, Betty, absolutely loved. So it was a huge point of pride for her. But her mother, Florence, wanted nothing to do with the restaurant and is really disappointed that it's gone to her daughter. She had a different vision for what she wanted her daughter's life to look like. And it wasn't, wasn't this restaurant. And then there's Ned. He is from a family that owns Jorby's, a chain restaurant that's sort of taking over the Midwest. Um, you know, those sort of local chains um, where they're sort of picking up the pace. There's a lot of them, but they're sort of regional. And so he has a different vision for his family um, with which business will take them farther. He thinks it's his family's chain restaurant, but Mariel can't even fathom giving up the restaurant that she's inherited, Lakeside Supper Club. Uh, and so just to describe the, the magic of um, the writing here uh, from the description, in this colorful, vanishing world of relish trays and brandy old fashions, J. Ryan Stradall has once again given us a story full of his signature honest, lovable, yet fallible Midwestern characters as they grapple with love, loss, and marriage what we hold on to and what we leave behind and what our legacy will be when we're gone. So a lot of this book seems to be full of love and loss and grief, really grappling with what is important. And then again, with what you leave behind and what you do when two primary people in a relationship have very different visions of how they see their future and which path to sort of take. So that is Saturday night at the Lakeside Supper Club. And again, the cover is a vibe. I think this would be a perfect sort of spring, summer read, especially if you're looking for something that's a little bit thoughtful and introspective and gets you in your feels. I love just old Americana. I love that trend of a supper club or even kind of the juxtaposition of that regional chain. It's really, I don't know. I think that'll make for a fascinating story. And uh, one of our colleagues, Jane, read an early copy of this and she said it was great. So I always trust her recommendations as well. Me too. If Jane liked it, I know I will. <laughs> so my next pick, uh, back in the uh, creepy vein here, kind of giving some Amanda Knox energy. This is Before We Were Innocent by Ella Berman out April 4th. Ten years ago, after a sun-soaked summer spent in Greece, best friends Bess and Joni were cleared of having any involvement in their friend Evangeline's death, but that didn't stop the media from ripping apart their teenage lives like vultures. While the girls were never convicted, Joni, ever the opportunist, capitalized on her newfound infamy to become a motivational speaker. Bess, on the other hand, resolved to make her life as small and controlled as possible so she wouldn't risk losing everything all over again. And it almost worked. 
Except now, Joni is tangled up in a crime eerily similar to that one fateful night in Greece. And when she asks Bess to come back to LA to support her, Bess has a decision to make. Is it finally time to face up to what happened that night, exposing herself as the young woman she once was and maybe still is? And what if she doesn't like what she finds? So that is Before We Were Innocent by Ella Berman, out April 4th. Like I said, that kind of, I love a time jump in a story, especially when it is around a crime and we have to build or learn what pieces brought us to where we are today. I love that twist reveal that comes with stories like these. So very much looking forward to it. Um, I know we talked about it either last month or in February. This cover to me doesn't match the vibe of the story. Uh, We were talking about that with something else like this to me gives very much like just general literature or like coming of age story cover and not strange, gruesome murder. I don't know. (laughs) No, I agree. And I will say that I was intrigued by this book first by the cover and then even more so by the description. But I do think that they vibe of the cover is definitely more of that like sun-soaked summer Grecian vacation and less about the crimes and what happened. So it is a little bit of a juxtaposition there, but I am glad you mentioned this book because if you had not, I was going to. (laughs) Isn't that always our list? (laughs) Yes, but that it does look really good. I'm really interested to see more about this book and we don't have too long to wait before it's out continuing the creepy vibes i am going to skip ahead to my next pick for you and only you by caroline kepnes i don't really think this needs a ton of summary because of the amount of time i spend talking about this series anyways but this is the latest installment in the joe goldberg books. I'm pretty sure this series is simply titled the U series, but I'm just going to call it the Joe Goldberg saga. And the the gist of this is he is back once again for book four, if you can believe it. And I hope she never stops writing these books because they're just so funny and witty, which is a little bit wild to say of a murder thriller. But Joe is back And this time, instead of selling books, he's writing them. He's uh, in a fellowship at Harvard, uh, if you can picture that, which I can and find hilarious. And he's writing at a fellowship in Harvard. He has like a tight knit group that he's, you know, studying with and writing with. And he's sort of finally feels like he's found a place like where he fits, where his intellect, you know, sort of brings everyone to that level playing field. Anything is possible. They can all write the next great American novel. And then he meets Wonder because of course he meets somebody named Wonder at Harvard. And they just, it's it's things you're very familiar with. If you've read the, the Joe books, they, They have so much in common. Uh, They just love literature. And I think you know what happens when he focuses his attention on somebody. So we'll see what happens when he focuses all of his time and effort onto wonder uh, at Harvard. 
And I will read this little bit from the description because it is so good. But with her trademark satirical biting wit, Caroline Kepnes explores why vulnerable people bring out the worst in others as Joe sets out to make this small, exclusive world a fairer place. And if a little crimson runs in the streets of Cambridge, who can blame him? Love doesn't conquer all. Often it needs a little push. So again, Joe has his particular ideas about how things are going go with this group at Harvard and with this woman wonder. So I can't wait to see what happens to Joe in this next installment. I'm sure it's a little bit outlandish and therefore I cannot wait. So that is for you and only you by Caroline Kepnes. And that is out April 25th. Cannot wait. And I cannot wait to have Santino Fontana read it to me. I know he's returning for the audiobook, and it's going to be so Good. Place your holds now in Libby. Do it. You will not regret it. Santino's narration is perfection. My next pick, I wanted to come in with a little horror pick. This is out April 18th, Sisters of the Lost Nation by Nick Medina. Anna Horn is always looking over her shoulder for the bullies who tormented her, for the entitled visitors at the reservation's casino, and for the nameless, disembodied entity that stalks her every step an ancient tribal myth come to life, one that's intent on devouring her whole. With strange and sinister happenings occurring around the casino, Anna starts to suspect that not all the horrors on the reservation are old. As girls begin to go missing and the tribe scrambles to find answers, Anna struggles with her place on the res, desperately searching for the key she sure lies in legends of her tribe's past. When Anna's own little sister also disappears, she'll do anything to bring Grace home, but the demons plaguing the reservation, both ancient and new, are strong, and sometimes it's the stories that never get told that are the most important. Part gripping thriller and part mythological horror, author Nick Medina spins an incisive and timely novel of life as an outcast, the cost of forgetting tradition, and the courage it takes to become who you were always meant to be. So that is Sisters of the Lost Nation by Nick Medina, out April 18th. That sounds really great. I know, I know that's probably a weird way to describe, but it sounds like a really interesting story with that mix of horror and thriller. Right. I really like this new intersection that we're hitting of combining these supernatural horror elements with more traditional thriller elements because it also reminds me of some of like my favorite horror movies from the 90s. So I'm really excited to get to read books in this vein and to see just kind of like the explosion of the horror genre. Yeah, I I like this. Even though it's not my personal cup of tea, I like that we're seeing horror sort of blend with other genres and other topics because I know that it's a, a genre that always felt like it had its time and place. You know, like you had to read it in the fall, like Halloween-y, but that's really not the case where we're seeing a lot of horror novels or like sort of genre mashup horror novels come out all year long. Right. And we're also seeing, we're seeing them come out year, all year long and we're seeing an embrace of the horror genre outside of just like the traditional stories. And Exactly. It's, it's getting a little bit more reverence, I think, and appreciation as a genre than it maybe has in the past. And recognition. We're seeing these books yeah. being published now compared to kind of years past. Exactly. So in a 
pick that is absolutely not related. My next one is you could make this place beautiful by Maggie Smith. It's not that Maggie Smith. Uh, Maggie Smith is a poet and she writes this really uniquely formatted and moving memoir. Um, so this is a nonfiction pick. I don't normally pick nonfiction, but this just sounds absolutely crushing in the best way. So again, this is You Could Make This Place Beautiful by Maggie Smith out April 11th. Forgot to get all of those good bits uh, out of the way before I start talking about the book. But this memoir sort of details her life after the collapse of her marriage and subsequent divorce. So this is definitely in the style of uh, books that would be, you know, Deborah Levy, Rachel Cusk. It focuses on how you can sort of start again and the aftermath of loss to make something beautiful. So it's a really unique memoir. If you can even call it that the formatting is unique. There's snippets of, you know, written in the form of emails or text messages and just sort of her reflections on everything that got her through this difficult period in time as a wife, a mother, and so on. And then just how you can sort of start again and make something beautiful through all of that. So definitely check that out. You could make this place beautiful. If you are in the Cleveland area, the Cuyahoga County area, she will be at Cuyahoga County Public Library, I believe in May. So check out their author page. I am unable to go, but I would certainly be first in line if I was around. So again, check out Maggie Smith's book out April 11th. Well, I will see your memoir and I will raise you a memoir, Emma. My next pick is Cheetah, a memoir by Cheetah Rivera. It's out April 25th, the long-awaited and wildly entertaining memoir of the star of stage and screen, the legendary Cheetah Rivera, three-time Tony Award winner, Kennedy Center's honoree, and recipient of the Presidential Medal of Freedom. She was born Dolores Conchita Figueroa del Rivero, until the entertainment world renamed her. But Dolores, the irreverent side of the sensual, dark and ferocious Cheetah was always present center stage and was influential in creating some of Broadway's most iconic and acclaimed roles, including Anita in West Side Story, the part that made her a star, Rosie in Bye Bye Birdie, Velma in Chicago and Aurora in Kiss of the Spider Woman. Written in gratitude to her longstanding fans and with the hope that new generations may learn from her extraordinary experience, Cheetah takes us behind the curtain to reveal the highs and lows of one extraordinary show business career. The creative fermentation, the ego clashes, the miraculous discoveries, the exhilaration when it all went right, and the disappointment when it all went wrong. Cheetah invites us into workrooms and rehearsal studies on stage and on set as she works with some of the greatest talents of the age, including Leonard Bernstein, Arthur Lawrence, Stephen Sondheim, Bob Fosse, Jerome Robbins, Hal Prince, Liza Minnelli, Sammy Davis Jr., Gwen Verdon, Shirley MacLaine, and many others, as if all of those names weren't enough already. We also learn deeply moving, relevatory details about her upbringing and her heritage, and how they indelibly shaped her work and career. This colorful and entertaining memoir, as vital and captivating as Cheetah herself, is the unforgettable and engrossing personal story of a performer who blazed her own trail and inspired countless performers to forge their own unique path to success. So that is Cheetah by Cheetah Rivera, out April 25th. If you did not know, now you know, Emma and I were both obsessed with West Side Story as 
children, specifically the version that Cheetah sings in. So, haha. <laughs> yeah, we did have a West Side Story phase each that we talked about. I was obsessed with it when I was in high school. I literally watched it every day after the school. <laughs> I love that. I I absolutely love that. Mine was like middle school into high school. And then I played in the pit orchestra for a version of West Side Story. So, you know, gotta so love good. it. And the 1961 version, just to confirm, not mm-hmm. the new one that they did with. Oh, yeah. No. Not the 2021 film, the no. uh, the 1961 film. Exactly, the original. The, Superior. The best. Superior. But so I just, you know, y'all know I love a celebrity memoir, but there is something about getting a last vestige of old Hollywood like this that I am super excited to dive into. I love it. With that, my next pick is sort of in the same vein, but not really. So it's This Bird Has Flown by Susanna Hoffs. This comes out on April 4th. You'll understand my sort of celebrity Hollywood connection in that Susanna Hoffs is the singer-songwriter that you may recognize from the Bangles. She is here with her rom-com debut, I believe. And so this is, as we know, I love a good like rom-com. It has music and redemption arc and whatever. So this follows Jane Start. She's 33, broke, and recently single. 10 years prior, she had a hit song written by world-famous superstar Jonesy, but Jane hasn't had a breakout since. Now she's living out of four garbage bags at her parents' house, reduced to performing to karaoke tracks in Las Vegas. You could say she's hit rock bottom. But when her longtime manager, Pippa, sends Jane to London to regroup, as you do, uh, she's seated next to an intriguing stranger on the flight. The other Tom Hardy, an elegantly handsome Oxford professor of literature. Come on, already. Yes, Jane is instantly smitten by Tom and soon truly inspired. But it's not Jane's past alone that haunts her second chance at stardom and at love. Is Tom all that he seems? Probably not, but we'll find out. And can Jane emerge from the shadow of Jonesy's earlier hit and into the light of her own? In turns, deeply sexy, riotously funny, and utterly joyful, this bird has flown, explores love, passion, and the ghosts of our past, and offers a glimpse inside the music business that could only come from beloved songwriter Susanna Hoffs. Yep. 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 So that is This Bird Has Flown by Susanna Hoffs. Again, that is also out on April 4th. I I love that. I love that we're seeing this turn of like, what's next in my career? I had this big, beautiful 80s powered touring career and now I want to write. And that sounds so fun. Like, Yeah, I love that it's using your pretty unique experience is like being a hugely successful musician going on tour to translating that to a character in a book. I love it. And the cover is cute. Hey Hey there. there. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. 
We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. See you soon. I'm Anne-Marie Kelly. Wild Precious Life is a podcast about dreaming big, digging in and connecting across distance, division, and loss. In each episode, I talk with prize-winning writers, musicians, and wanderers who remind all of us how we can make the most of the time we have. So meet me here. Let's walk and talk and dream and discover what it means to be wild, precious, and brave. So my next pick is out April 4th, another kind of memoir-adjacent nonfiction piece. This is The Big Reveal by Sasha Velour. Um, If you don't know, Sasha Velour is one of the winners from RuPaul's Drag Race. Just wanted to note that right now at the time of recording, we we only have the audio version available in digital. Uh, So just keep your eyes peeled for the ebook version. Uh, But drag embodies the queer possibility that exists within each of us, the infinite ways in which gender, good taste, and art can be lived. So that is a quote from Sasha themselves. This book is a quilt piecing together memoir, history, and theory into a living portrait of an artist and an art. Sasha Velour illuminates drag as a form of expression with a rich history and a revolutionary spirit. Each chapter strips off a new layer, removing one tantalizing glove and then another to reveal all the twists and turns in the life of a queen. As Sasha recalls her own journey from the women who raised her to learning the craft of an artist to success, disaster, and more, she also uncovers the history of queer life around the world that made it all possible. From shamans to fairies balls, empresses to RuPaul's Drag Race and beyond, the big reveal chronicles and celebrates our shared queer pasts. If we want to be seen as legendary, writes Sasha, we have to weave ourselves into history. From an iconoclastic drag queen comes an equally singular thought-provoking manifesto that brings necessary and sparkling substance to our understanding of drag, queerness, beauty, and liberation. So that is The Big Reveal by Sasha Velour out April 4th. And let me tell you, uh, the previews I've seen of this book, the insides are stunning. The end papers were designed by Sasha and their partner. So like, there's just a lot of beautiful art inside. It's really colorful. And it, it takes a really nice look at both queer history and their own lived experiences. And I, I just love that. I think it's a really beautiful intersection. So whether you are a fan of Drag Race or you are just looking for a little more info, I hope this book brings both. My next pick is Never Vacation With Your Ex. This is by Emily Wibberly and Austin Siegmund Broca. That's a lot of words to say on a Monday. This is also out on April 4th. So that is going to be our big pub day, apparently in April. 
I saw this book originally several months ago and was immediately drawn to it because it's described as the summer I turned pretty meets people we meet on vacation in a YA second chance romance. I don't really know that I have to say more. If that's your jam, that's that did it for me. But if you'd like to know a little bit more about this book, I can give you the description. So this follows 17-year-old volleyball star Kaylee Jordan. She lives a life of player rankings, constant training, and a very carefully curated social media full of followers watching to see if she'll go pro out of high school like her famous mom. So already the pressure seems pretty high for the 17-year-old. Her one refuge and the thing she looks forward to every summer is the vacation her family spends in Malibu with the Freeman Hughes. This year, there's only one problem. Kaylee and their son, Dean, dated for the past three months, and Kaylee just unceremoniously dumped him. Hoping to spare them the worst summer ever, Kaylee comes to Dean with her unconventional solution. She's going to walk him through her rules for getting over an ex. When Dean begrudgingly cooperates, Kaylee's got her work cut out for her. But helping Dean follow her own rules starts becoming difficult when the pressures of Kaylee's family legacy and perfect life start to feel less like a plan and more like a prison. And amid warm California nights and stolen laughs, Kaylee feels herself falling for Dean for the same reasons and some new ones. With their trip coming to an end, Kaylee has to make the complicated choice between doing what's expected and taking a parentheses, second chance on love. Come on. So that is Never Vacation with Your Ex. That is out on April 4th. I mean, come on. Yes, yes, yes. That sounds so cute. And I mean, like, I don't know. I think the title is pretty good advice, but if this is a second chance at love, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, and I admittedly don't know if I've read tons of second chance romances for young adults. Yeah. So I am personally intrigued to see what all of that entails, but I love the premise and it does sound like a lot of the pressures we put on ourselves. I remember putting so much pressure on myself at 17, Mm -hmm. certainly still put pressure on myself now in my thirties, but to that extent where every decision feels so major and so life or death, like you make a choice and you can never do anything to change it. Whether it's like where you end up at college or who you're dating in high school or anything like that. And so I am, this just sounds like a really sweet a book where hopefully the main characters can figure out at a much younger age than I did <laughs> how to balance the expectations of others with what you actually want. A solid message that, yes, I would love to see that be what's <laughs> out in the world. <laughs> exactly. Because I needed cute. it too. <laughs> so my next pick is out April 4th. Shocker. It is our big day of the month for publishing. But this is from the New York Times bestselling author of In Deep Waters, and so this is Ever After. My next pick is Spellbound by F.T. Lukens. Two rival apprentice sorcerers must team up to save their teachers and protect their own magic in this lively, young adult romantic adventure. So I'm following your vibes, Emma. Some some YA romance adventure here uh, off of that kind of 
return to love. Edison Rooker isn't sure what to expect when he enters the office of Antonia Hex, the powerful sorceress who runs a call center for magical emergencies. He doesn't have much experience with hexes or curses. He doesn't even have magic, but he does have a plan. He wants to regain access to the magical world he lost when his grandmother passed. Antonia is intimidating to say the least, but she gives him a job and a new name. She calls him Rook, both of which he is happy to accept. Now all Rook has to do is keep his spellbinder, an illegal magical detection device, hidden from the magical consortium, and contend with Sun, the grumpy and annoyingly cute apprentice to Antonia's rival colleague, Fable. But dealing with competition isn't so bad. As Sun seems to pop up more and more, Rook minds less and less. But when the consortium gets wind of Rook's spellbinder, they come for Antonia. All alone, Rook runs to the only other magical person he knows, Sun. Except Fable has also been attacked, and now Rook and Sun have no choice but to work together to get their mentors back, or face losing their magic forever. So that is... Spellbound by F.T. Lukens out April 4th. We all know I love magic. (laughs) I love people with powers and I love their stories. And if I can have a little romance along with it, I'm not going to be too mad. That looks so cute. And Lukens covers are always so much fun. And this one is no different. I really enjoy it from both the font choice for the title and uh, the gorgeous illustrations for the characters. I agree. The colors are really lovely. I can segue into my next pick, which is also young adult. It also comes out on April 4th. Wow. I did not realize all of these were April 4th. And that is Funeral Songs for Dying Girls by Sherry Demoline. So this is such a, I, I mean, okay. The premise sounds a little morbid, but it just sounds like it's fun and sweet and coming of age. So After inadvertently starting rumors of a haunted cemetery, a teen befriends a ghost in this brand new young adult novel exploring grief and belonging by the critically acclaimed and best-selling author of the Marrow Thieves series. So Winifred has lived in the apartment above the cemetery office with her father, who works in the crematorium all her life. It's close to her mother's grave. With her 16th birthday only days away, Winifred has settled into a lazy summer schedule, lugging her obese chihuahua around the grounds in a squeaky red wagon to visit the neglected grave sites and nursing a serious crush on her best friend, Jack. So normal summer activities. Her habit of wandering the graveyard at all hours has started a rumor that Winterson Cemetery might be haunted. It's welcome news since the crematorium is on the verge of closure and her father's job is being outsourced. Now that the ghost tours have started, Winifred just might be able to save her father's job and the only home she's ever known, not to mention being able to stay close to where her mother is buried. All she has to do is get help from her con artist cousin to keep up the ruse and somehow manage to stop her father from believing his wife has returned from the grave. But when Phil an actual ghost of a teen girl who lived and died in the ravine next to the cemetery starts showing up. Winifred begins to question everything she believes about life, love, and death, but most especially love. So that is Funeral Songs for Dying Girls, and that is out on April 4th. Wait, stop. I want want to read that right now. (laughs) That sounds so fun. Like, I like the ghost tour element. I also like having to keep up the ruse of something you unintentionally started. 
Yes. So I love yeah. that she was just like, I'm always creeping around this cemetery and people are like, it's haunted. It's haunted. But oh, actually opportunity. So this just seems like a really nice coming of age with a little twist ghost story. I love, love. Well, my second to last title uh, is We Love to Entertain by Sarah Strohmeyer. She is the best-selling author of Do I Know You? And this is a fast-paced, riveting psychological thriller to wrap us up that skewers our modern obsession with home renovation and fixer-uppers. So as I mentioned, this is We Love to Entertain by Sarah Strohmeyer, and it is out April 25th, the other pub date of the month. Holly and Robert Barron are attractive young real estate investors and contestants in a competition run by To The Manor Build, the nation's most popular home renovation app. With millions in production endorsements and online followers at stake, they're rehabbing a Vermont home they scored at a bargain price into a chic hilltop estate ideal for entertaining. It's all camera-ready laughs and debates over herringbone tile until Holly and Robert go missing hours after their picture-perfect wedding, leaving behind a bloody trail. Suspicion falls quickly on Erica Turnbull, the Baron's 20-something assistant, eager, efficient, and secretly in love with Robert. Did Erica let her misguided passion turn her into a murderer? So claim the townsfolk of Snowden, Vermont, who still haven't forgiven her for a tragic accident back in high school. But Erica's mother, Kim, is not about to let small-town gossip and a cop with an axe to grind destroy her daughter again. With time running out and their own lives at risk, the mother-daughter duo set out to find what really happened to the Barons. First, though, they'll have to confront the vengeful former owner of Holly and Robert's estate, ruthless reality show producers, and a secret that might bring their own house down. So that's We Love to Entertain by Sarah Strohmeyer, out April 25th. I am an HGTV fiend. I am one of the people who loves a good home renovation show. And I'm super fascinated to see how this plays out in a thriller format. So this uh, definitely piqued my interest. My next pick is House of Cotton by Monica Brashears. This is out on April 4th. So again, apologies to your TBR. This is a stunning contemporary Black Southern Gothic novel. Magnolia Brown is 19 years old, broke, and effectively an orphan. She feels stuck and haunted. But one night while working at her dead-end gas station job, a mysterious and slick stranger named Cotton walks in and offers to turn her luck around with a lucrative modeling job. I say modeling in quotes, even though you can't see me. At his family's funeral home. Interesting. She accepts. And despite things looking up, Magnolia's problems also fatten along with her wallet. When Cotton's requests become increasingly weird, as I think we can anticipate that they would be given a modeling job at a funeral home, Magnolia discovers there's a lot more at stake than just her rent. Sharp as a belted knife, this sly social commentary cuts straight to the bone. House of Cotton will keep you mesmerized until the very last page. And I will say when we heard about this title from the publisher several months ago, I was immediately intrigued by all of that and by the cover. So the cover image is like a human heart in an artistic rendering inside, like what looks like almost upon reflection, like a headstone type of home. And there's also some like botanicals and butterflies uh, coming off of that. And it's all set against a very dark backdrop. 
So again, a very compelling and intriguing cover that kind of made me go, hmm, this looks interesting. What is this about? And that is House of Cotton by Monica Brashears out April 4th. Yeah, between that description and the jacket, it sounds so interesting. And I want to know how wild things get. So my last pick, uh, I have a graphic novel from First Second Publishing. This is Hungry Ghost by Victoria Ying. It's out April 25th. And before I start, I just wanted to give a heads up. This graphic novel is about eating disorders. uh, So keep that in mind while you're listening. It's a short description, but just wanted to give everyone a warning there. And also to keep that in mind before you pick this up. Valerie Chu is quiet, studious, and above all, thin. No one, not even her best friend Jordan, knows that she has been binging and purging for years. When tragedy strikes, Val finds herself reassessing her priorities, her choices, and her body. The path to happiness may lead her away from her hometown and her mother's toxic projections, but first she will have to find the strength to seek help. It's a beautiful, heart-wrenching young adult graphic novel that takes a look at eating disorders, family dynamics, and ultimately a journey to self-love. So that is Hungry Ghost by Victoria Ying, out April 25th. Cover is beautiful. I think the message is incredibly important. And while I don't want to end on what seems like a down note, I think this is such an important title that I'm so happy to see out in the world, also in that kind of accessible graphic novel format. So uh, thank you all for letting me share this with you. That sounds wonderful in that I like that it's an important topic in a graphic novel. Right. I think those are two really important pieces to identify that like, this is accessible, this is written for the correct audience. And it's It's stories that we need to hear told in a way that I think a variety of readers can find approachable. Yes, thank you. That's what I was not articulating. It's okay. I think I wasn't (laughs) either. So we both got there together. (laughs) And my last pick is also young adult. So we're really ending with a lot of solid YA picks for April. And that is The Lake House by Sarah Beth Durst. This comes out on April 25th as well. I will admit the cover is what drew me into this book uh, immediately. It's super creepy. It's like, it's giving Riley Sager, Stephen King vibes, in my opinion. Um, So definitely check out the cover if that sounds up your street. But this was described as Yellow Jackets meets One of Us is Lying in a masterful survival thriller from author Sarah Beth Durst. So Claire has grown up triple checking locks, counting her steps, second guessing every decision. It's just how she's wired. Her worst case scenarios never actually come true though, until she arrives at an off the grid summer camp. Yay. I know where this is going Uh, to find a blackened burn husk instead of a lodge and no survivors except her and two other late arrivals, Rava and Mariana. When the three girls find a dead body in the woods, they realize none of this is an accident. Someone or something is hunting them. Something that hides in the shadows and something that refuses to let them leave. So if you are into a summer camp thriller with some survival scenarios, uh, check out The Lake House by Sarah Beth Durst out April 25th. 
Well, thank you all so much for joining us today for this episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast, where we talked about our April book picks. Hopefully, uh, we have ruined your TBR just a little bit by making it that much longer with some options we hope you love. Remember, we want to hear from you. If you have suggestions or titles you are curious about learning more about, reach out to us. You can send an email to professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. With that, we will see you all in the next one and happy reading. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on overdrive.com or in Libby. Our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer and Joe Skelly and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.